0: Welcome to a new episode of The Failed Podcast. In this podcast, I delve into everything failing or not doing something because of fearing to fail, and instead you end up sitting in your sofa, scrolling your phone, which is exactly what I've done too many times. So I decided to challenge myself and make a podcast about it, because we all need to look our fears in the eye, and I am glaring at this microphone. Today I've got Isabella Giorgio with me. In her spare time, she creates small, colourful, sweet figurines from clay. So let's see
1: what failures she can conjure up. Hi, Isabella, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. I'm really happy to be here with you talking about one of my favourite topics, failure. I thought you were going to say the figurines were your favourite topic. <laughs>
0: you <do> that too. <laughs> That's my second one. Yeah, of course. Uh, so tell me about these figurines. Um, figurines? Is that how you even pronounce it? Figurines?
1: I guess. I don't know. I've never even tried to find a definition for them. So you're giving me one now. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, I hope it's the right word. I will make it the right one, I guess. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. What, what do you want to know about the figurines?
0: Um, what are they? Why are they uh, a thing you
1: do? And how come? How come? So actually, they're they 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 they're quite important in a way, because I've always done things with my hand in my life. So drawing and writing and craft of any very different kinds. But then I stopped for, I guess, a couple of years uh, for various reasons. And then one day I was playing with my nephew and we were playing with Play-Doh. And I ended up doing like this man with blue skin and white hair and i really really liked him uh, until my nephew like basically destroyed him uh, so he wasn't anymore but at that point uh, i was so captivated by this act of creating things with with clay with play-doh that i started doing it myself Uh, so first with play-doh for kids and then with polymer clay and it was really uh, i don't know i found it really relaxing because i wasn't really planning anything i was just doing anything that came to my mind so um, i ended up doing these very weird creatures that could exist on another planet maybe so yeah and then i started posting them on instagram uh, i did so another piece of creative work was the creation of uh, these pictures where this figurines could live so I started doing a bit of uh, some collage and photo editing and so yeah these are my figurines. Oh my god that's amazing
0: it's like you it came from playing with your nephew was it?
1: Yeah yeah.
0: So uh, to jump onto to the one of the introduction questions which is what do you do? Do you do something creative as you you're making these or is this a creative outlet for you?
1: Uh, gosh, that that's one of the creative things that I do uh, in my spare time. But I, like my my full time job is is a, is a very great job actually that I really love. Uh, I work in a charity that helps people uh, through books and reading. So we have many different programs um, in all of the UK. Uh, yeah, all focused on reading, and and they are meant to help people. Uh, to to share the love for reading basically with each other
0: is there a more beautiful
1: job I know yeah I know it's it's really great I really love it and and I'm and I'm a bookworm so it's just perfect for me that
0: works out well
1: so where do you live Isabella I I currently live in London I've lived in London for the past uh four years but but I'm from Italy I'm Italian Cool. Where in Italy? North, south, Sardinia, Sicily? Uh, So, yeah, so this is very important to me. So I come from a very, very small town, which I really want to name Piumazzo, which is between Modena and Bologna, which is in the north of Italy. Um, So it's uh, just to give you a very important reference. I'm from the area where the balsamic vinegar and parmesan come from.
0: Incredible what more i don't think there's any any food we could be more proud of than balsamic vinegar i think that saved humanity quite a bit when that entered
1: our world i, I do i do agree maybe, maybe pizza could, could come <laughs> probably but yeah balsamic vinegar is definitely one of the good ones
0: yeah something to be proud of isabella you might not have created it yourself but you're you've been standing on the ground of the people who have it's huge definitely definitely yeah. and
1: I've tasted it many many times so, Oof, yeah. thrilling so so what's your dream Isabella what do you want to end up doing yeah so actually my dream is, uh, is to have time so I, I really would like to have the time to do the things that I like which are uh, seeing the people that I love that at the moment live all over the world so I'd like to be able to visit them as much as I want and as long as I want and then I'd like to be able to um, to work on projects that help people, um, that help people in a way or another. And then I'd like to to do projects that uh, use my creativity. And these are things that I currently do, but I'd like to be able to decide myself how much I do all of these things. So I guess, yeah finding the freedom to decide how to divide my time. Um,
0: do you have something that's like um, like a dream that is materialistic in a way? Or not materialistic, but like something that is like, oh, I really want to climb this specific rock um, or... Um sail around the world not personally I would never like to do that uh but <laughs> if <laughs> something like that yeah
1: actually okay so that's that's a wild dream but actually it might might become true at some point but that's a dream that I have I'd like to uh to curate uh, a space that ideally would be also uh, a place I would live in that could be used by artists to to create as a to to make artistic residencies basically and my dream is to have at the same time performative artists and visual artists all together working all together on their own things but living in the same uh, space and maybe doing something at the end of the residency to show to the local community what they've done so yeah that's a dream that i have a very big one
0: that is amazing is that is that a thing somewhere have you read anything about it
1: Oh, God, not, not the way I want to do it, but there are, yeah, there are many places that offer artistic residencies, but I don't think they are places that are lived by someone. So my idea would be to be the host of mm-hmm. this place and sort of cook for the artist and spend time with them and just, yeah, curate the space for them. That sounds
0: so Perfect. Oh, no, that dream you've got to make true. Um, Perfect. So let's let's move. Actually, can I just get some general uh, feelings about failure from you? What's your um, what's
1: your take on failure? Well, actually, I think failure is great. Failure is the way I live life. And I think failure is the symptom of uh, people who like to, Try things, try new things, new experiences, and learn new things because that's what happens when you do something new. You very often fail, and often for for a long time. So yeah, I think that's just a sign that you are a curious person. So it's nothing. There's nothing bad about failure. Couldn't have said it better myself.
0: <laughs> so what is um what is an outrageous failure you sort of experienced? Something that was um basically funny
1: okay so for for this failure I'd really like to uh, so I I thought of something that came to my mind when I listened to the episode you made with Doug which is a great episode and I strongly recommend everyone to to listen to it because it's a great one and Doug was telling about his experience with uh, learning cursive in school and I have a similar story which is actually probably my very first memory of a failure uh, because I was at primary school and uh, they were teaching us subtractions so like a very basic thing and I don't know why they didn't uh, choose like a simple I don't know image like I don't know an image of a of a pie divided into slices or but no they they decided to use this very intricate image of a bunny on a on a grass on, on the grass and the grass was divided into tiles and all the tiles were numbered from 0 to 10 so you have you had this bunny that was hopping let's say 5 times and so he landed on tile number five. And then he was hopping back three times and landed in on tile number two. And this was meant to help us understand subtractions. But it was so confusing to me that I didn't get it at all. And I was desperate because I felt so stupid because I knew subtractions was a very basic thing that you're meant to learn very quickly, but I couldn't understand it. So I went home and I begged my dad to explain subtractions subtractions to me. So now my dad, he's a, um, an engineer, so he's supposed to know his maths very well. So I was really hoping he, he could help me. But So then he started to explain subtractions to me, but in a very abstract way. Even, so, it, so even without bunnies or nothing, so it was pure abstract math. He was trying to explain to, to a six-year-old and of course I understood, understood even less of subtraction. So I ended up that, that day crying miserably for hours, probably because I was feeling so useless and stupid. And I'm sorry, but I, I don't remember how it ended up. I know that I ended up learning subtractions because I can I can do subtractions today. So this is the proof I eventually learned. But I have no idea how I cracked that. But that was my very big failure. And I remember it very vividly.
0: Something so, I can imagine it must have been absolutely, like you said with Doug as well, like it's huge in the moment because you're so young and you think your life depends on this and you're just never going to get it because it just doesn't make sense. Oh, no.
1: And everyone else was getting it, which was even more frustrating. So, yeah, yeah, a big, complete failure.
0: Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, as you say, you've magically uh, learned how to do it. Uh, who knows how? But it's who knows how.
1: It would be it would be handy to know how. So maybe if I if I meet some child with the same problem, I could help them. But uh, I guess we'll never know. To be honest, I think subtraction isn't really that easy.
0: Addition, cool, fun, great. You just add and add and add and add. That's fun. One plus one, two, simple one minus one what the fuck I don't know minus one you know it's (laughs) it's confusing yeah I don't know maybe I didn't find it relatable in a way well it doesn't make sense does it to minus things well I suppose it does in every day like you take an apple to eat and then there's one apple left for your for your friend I suppose it's something we use a lot. <laughs> what
1: am I saying? It's um, quite useful. That's why I was so frustrated because I could understand that it was a thing I really needed in my life. Um so yeah. We've
0: had our fun and now it's time. Well, it wasn't really fun, was it? It was uh, it was it was awful. Uh I can imagine being Yeah, there... it wasn't
1: for me when I was 6 years old, but I can laugh on it now because I know how to make subtractions. <laughs>
0: Which we will dig into later, I think. I think we should analyze where and when was the exact moment you realized how to do it. I I think you should spend some months, full months, quit your job and dig into it Yes. see a psychiatrist. Uh, But for now, (laughs) we're going to leave it. So we're going to move on to the serious failure. So something that is quite serious, something you've um, overcome and something that has changed your path, basically.
1: Okay, so I guess uh, I will tell you about my failure with English, which is something you might find interesting yourself because English is not your native language, as it is, as it's not for me. And so when I arrived in London four years ago, I was, um, I, I came to London to make an internship to complete my master's degree, and I, I knew, I knew some English but it was mainly American English and also I never had the chance to really practice it a lot because I never lived in an English speaking country before. Um, So I remember my very big uh, failure very first big failure with English which was on my second day I think in London and I was already working um, at the Finborough Theatre for my internship where, where, where I met you as well And on this very first day, I think they put me at the box office, which was terrifying enough as it was. But then at some point when I was at the box office and I was completely terrified that someone was going to speak to me as you normally do at the box office, uh, the artistic director of the theater, Neil, uh, came downstairs and came to me uh, and asked me me to give him Uh, two quids and at that point after two days in London I had no idea what a quid was Uh, so I started looking around myself frantically like trying to find things that could be maybe a quid not knowing what a quid was and I was really sweating a lot and after like I guess a few minutes Neil just grabbed the uh, the tin where we where we kept all the coins and he just took two pounds and so in this way I finally understood instinctively that yeah two quids were two pounds but in that moment I felt so stupid and so useless because such a simple thing wasn't wasn't yeah, something I knew, um, and that was just probably the first of many, many, many failures with English, which was quite frustrating for me because um, language was my superpower before. Because uh, if there's something I've always felt sure about was my my Italian, so I I was always. Very confident with Italian, I was always sure that I was going to find the right word for the thing I wanted to say. I've always liked uh, writing a lot in Italian, and suddenly I arrived in London, and my superpower was completely gone because English, my English, wasn't as nearly as good as my Italian, um, and that has been something I've been ashamed of for for a long time. And even even recording this podcast is is scary for me because I know I have to speak in English and I will have to listen to my voice in English. Uh, And I know it won't be as perfect as I'd like it to be. And I know I won't be able to express things as easily as in Italian, but I'm really glad I didn't stop uh, speaking English and I didn't move out of London because of this fear I had because actually facing this fear every day is what allows me to, to live my life and to do things d- despite all, all the fear that comes with it. So were you actually considering
0: moving because you were like, oh, I can't do this language?
1: I, I, no, I don't think I never considered really moving, but um, I was at the beginning, I realized I was trying to avoid situations where I had to speak or or especially speak with um, native English speakers. But then I just ended up uh, working in one, I guess, one of the few places in London with just English people. There, so I was the only foreigner there. So I was forced to speak all the time with people that were born with English in their mouth. Um, and that really forced me to do it. And And, and that was... Perfect because that's how we that's how we learn. You just do things and you make many, many mistakes and you eventually learn.
0: And it's it's really well, that was very lucky then, because I think there's what's this the second um European nationality in London, isn't that Italian? It's like Polish or Italian or something. There's
1: Italians everywhere. Um, yeah, we are everywhere, definitely. But I made it my mission when I moved to London not to speak with any Italian, which was impossible, of course, because one, one of my colleagues at the Fimber, for example, as you perfectly know, is Italian, but she has a, a great, great English. So actually, I think I've learned a lot of English from Fran as well. But yeah, um, it wasn't easy, but I was trying to avoid Italian people just for this reason, because I wanted to, to speak English.
0: Yeah, it's like we, we don't move here to speak Norwegian or Italian do we like well I suppose there's many reasons why you move to a country it's not necessarily because you want to speak um, the language uh, but for me it was like I love English uh, actually what on so what's your th- thoughts about English and do you like English compared to Italian or what do you find I mean you said you you can talk more easily I suppose in Italian because you know it perfectly well but say you knew English perfectly well as well would you say do you have any preference so like for a language point uh, of view
1: well one funny thing is that after four years in london so okay my english i don't consider my english perfect at all but uh, i'm at a point where there are some things that when i'm speaking in italian i just cannot express it in italian be- just because there is a better way to express them in english and And that's the same with English so I I guess my ideal language is a mix of the two and I'm 100% sure that if I knew more languages I would end up making a blend of all of them because I guess every language has a perfect way to say something that other languages don't have. so, for example, there is a word in Italian that is not translatable in English, which is furbo, which indicates a person that is very sneaky. But in a but but the furbo can be can can have a positive um, meaning to it, while sneaky isn't is never positive. But yeah, what what I what I end up doing with with people um, with Italian people that know English. We end up talking part English, part Italian, just because the two languages are have something to offer. And one very funny thing that I've experienced while in London when I was working as a waitress, uh, as a waitress, um, and I was working in an Italian pizzeria, and all the, yeah, all, all the chefs, I think, were, were Italian. And some of them weren't speaking English at all. Even Even if they had lived in London for for a few years just because the place where they were was full of Italian people so they they could they could afford let's say not not to speak English but the funny thing is that all the terms related to their job like the technical terms they all learned them during their training in London so they learned them in English so they were speaking just Italian but with these English terms inside just because they didn't know the Italian words for them because they learned them in London. So yeah, I found that really hilarious. That
0: is so funny. And also like uh, the fact that
1: you can actually move to
0: England, well, London as an Italian and not because they like mentioned there's so many. And, and especially especially maybe with Italians, because there's so many Italian restaurants everywhere. So as yeah. long as you get an Italian restaurant kind of job you're in you never need to, especially as a, as a chef because as a waitress yeah. i imagine you would probably
1: need to speak yeah english. you need to speak english but yeah but if you cook and if you cook with italian people you yeah don't need it. yeah That's so funny. i remember yeah no it was really funny because the manager of the place she was uh oh god i think she was russian and she didn't speak italian of course but she ended up having to learn some italian because she had to communicate in some way with the chefs Um, so yeah Um, and there was a period I think and there were a few waiters actually that were helping translating between the chefs and and the manager Uh, so yeah that was quite hilarious too.
0: So why did you come to England or London? Was it for work or was it do you also have like a special love for
1: England? Actually, London was my last resort. I didn't want to come at all. I was I was That's sure a failure I was going, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a very big failure because uh, yeah, exactly. That London is the result of one of my failures because I, I really wanted to make my internship to complete my master degree. I really wanted to make this internship in in Amsterdam for this theatre festival. And I applied for it, but they told me they couldn't take me because I didn't speak any Dutch. And I was so frustrated. So again, language, of course. And I was really, really frustrated and uh, really in, I don't know, I don't know why long. Oh, actually I do know because my, so the professor that was following me, like that I prepared my final project with, he told me several times that I should move to London because London was so important for theatre. At at the time, I was interested mostly into theatre. So in the end, I said, okay, fine, I'll go to London if you insist. And I ended up in London, uh, not very happy about it. But then after just a few months, just a couple of months, I guess, I realised that was the place I wanted to stay for a while and four years after, here I am.
0: That is wild. I didn't know that. That's like, uh, I and mean, then that's just random. way we came over this kind of failure, where you, you know, wasn't really the plan at all, was it? So why why were you were you just not interested in London or England because you were just like, ah, no. So but you were interested in the Netherlands, or was it the
1: scholarship? No, the scholarship, the the internship. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a bit of both. And then I guess I had a lot of preconceptions about London, and also I was a bit. I wasn't very convinced by the size of London because it's so big and it can be a bit, um, yeah, dispersive, I guess, uh, which, which it is. But on the other hand, I've, I had lived in a very, very small town all my life and uh, which was very, I don't know, um, constrictive in a way for me. But yeah, like I, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. And London is, quite the opposite so London anything that comes to your mind in London there is so yeah the idea of being able to to see all the shows that I wanted to see all all the concerts all the exhibitions and to to meet so many people from so many different countries that was what made me love London in the end
0: so it was I suppose the contrast of coming from such a small town and then
1: being a bit intimidated I suppose
0: with london that
1: yeah and then i i guess just because it was so big and because of the ideas i had about england i i i feared it was going to be a cold place both in terms of weather and in terms of like relationships (laughs) but but in the end just because london is such a diverse place and you have all all kinds of people it's it's impossible to to say that London is just one thing. So yes, London is cold, can be very cold, but it it can also be very hot. Uh, <laughs> if, if it makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a conundrum of a city, um, and I think you just gotta meet the right people, and they're just not so cold anymore. But what was the? Um, so you obviously said you'd overcome the language um, failure kind of. Um, how did you? How did you overcome it? Did you say?
1: How did you realize? Uh, well, I guess because it it was more of a, a psychological barrier than an actual one. Because honestly, I always tell this story because I think it's so it's a great story and it's very instructive in a way. So my my grandpa, he he just spoke all his life just Italian and Italian dialect. But he he loved to travel and on one of his travels he was in Budapest in Hungary and he I don't know I still to this day don't know how but he managed to uh, to become friend of this Hungarian guy and this Hungarian guy was speaking Hungarian, English, German, uh, even Latin I guess but so many languages but he wasn't speaking Italian but so they didn't have a shared language and they managed to become great friends and in the end they visited each other many many times and they introduced their families to each other and eventually then the hungarian guy learned italian so they were speaking italian but but before that they were i don't know how they were communicating but they managed to create a very strong and beautiful friendship so this is the proof that Really, the language barrier can be a very big barrier, but its I guess it's mostly in your mind and mostly psychological, because if you have a good chemistry with someone, it doesn't really matter how you communicate in the end, you'll find a way.
0: Yeah. So you're not embarrassed anymore about your accent or your English?
1: I'm very, very embarrassed, but I recognise it as a very wild unrational thought that I shouldn't be feeding. So I, I try to do things that, so I, I guess there is, I see it as a tiny monster inside myself who is scared about speaking in English and is embarrassed by my English. But I try to feed this monster with things that he, he doesn't like. So for example, this podcast, it's definitely a thing that this monster won't like. But that's exactly the reason why I want to do it and and i I try to do very often things that scare me because of of the fact that I have to speak English yeah and that's a good way that's a very good way to to overcome this fear and and not to see it as a failure anymore, but just as like the way the way I am I will never be fluent in English, but they shouldn't prevent me from doing things
0: yeah, we don't need to speak perfect English it doesn't as long as you can as you said as well you can communicate even if like i mean you speak perfect english in that way like it's not you can communicate with people you know um but as you also said with your with your dad and his new friend like it's there's there's ways to communicate without the language as well so it's 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 a lot of pressure i think to to sound perfect
1: which doesn't But i mean... think in the end there isn't a prize for the foreigner that speaks the best english so like yeah, yeah
0: i mean and they probably don't speak a second language so you know who's the real winner here of that prize <laughs> there you go touche <laughs> yeah um perfect let's uh hop on to the improv yeah i can imagine you're feeling super excited or how are you feeling about
1: the improv very thrilled my god stina i will will do it just for you just because you are you
0: i'm very happy about that because otherwise this podcast would just not be the same would it (laughs) so the reason we're doing improv is because improv is about trying and failing it's about jumping into something and trying out new things and part of what actually makes it super funny to watch and do is when the improvisers fail. So in this way, failing suddenly equals succeeding. Ooh. So I think it is a wonderful thing to do. A little bit of improvise. Imp- improv- what is it? See, English. Improv- improv- improvisation. Improvisation? That sounds right. Yeah. But don't, don't take my word for it. <laughs> we'll leave it behind. Uh, improv easier so the first warm-up we are gonna do is word association a difficult word but it is a good warm-up i think so basically we just uh, associate a couple of words so you are allowed to go first actually if you want to
1: can i use an- any word any just word to- yeah okay let's use mouse then mouse cat Dog. Uh, Lead. Um, BDSM. Bad. (laughs) Good.
0: (laughs) God. Um, Heaven. Skies. Uh, Clouds. Wet. Rainy. Grey.
1: London. Buildings. Uh, Brutalism. Bricks. Concrete. Cement. Roads. Traffic
0: signs. Uh, Traffic lights. Cars.
1: Uh, Drivers. Driverless cars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Elon Musk. (laughs) Tesla. Is he not doing driverless cars? I, I... Oh, I'm
0: sure he's he's on it. If he doesn't, <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think we should stop there because I think we did so well that we could just keep going. And um, I don't think this podcast is about word association, so we should probably stop.
1: <laughs> but but that's an really interesting
0: work. that's an interesting flow of of words that we put together. Yeah. I think we we started with that mouse ended on Tesla or driverless cars. <laughs>
1: Or Elon Musk.
0: Elon Musk, of course, lest yeah. we forget. Wonderful. Well, that was great. Let's move on to alphabet. So we do one letter, well, a sentence starting with one letter each um, as we go up the alphabet. Um, if you want, you can start this one too.
1: No, I'll make you start.
0: Okay. Okay. From this page online, can I get A? Uh, I, well, we are getting the word hopeful. Wonderful. So that's going to be our inspiration for this scene. And uh, I will start any minute now. Well, any any minute. I'm going to wait five minutes. <laughs> any seconds, Right. Another day at the job. Right. We'll just have to get on with it, don't we,
1: Julia? Barbara, what do you want me to say? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to, to crack on and continue uh building these three houses.
0: Cool uh, can you just pass me pass me that hammer uh I think I'm gonna start on this first house um do you want to continue on this first house with me or do you want to work on the second house?
1: I don't know really because I'm really liking the house that I'm building because it's banana shaped and you know how much I like bananas even when they're brown
0: you like them I cannot believe it you love super super brown bananas
1: for sure yeah I love bananas you can you can say very loud brown green all colors of bananas actually I found out there is a a, a pink banana in some place I can't remember where would you like to try it great sure yeah uh, w- w- what would it taste like does it taste like pink
0: because usually pink things taste like
1: pink um have you have you ever have you ever tried um like mustard ice cream they, they tell me it's very similar to mustard ice cream which i know it's it's very common in in the country you come from is it barbara
0: Iceland, yeah, we eat like mustard ice cream every day in Iceland. But is that really how pink tastes like? It tastes like mustard ice cream.
1: Jake, you, you remember Jake from uh, finance? You know our tree house finance department. Uh, Jake, Jake told me that. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe Jake might know even when pink, where pink bananas come from. We should we should ask him.
0: You know, we well, gonna we gonna have to just say we failed or I failed? Oh my god, K, is there any words on K other than keep?
1: Well, I can just think of names. That's that's Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's, koala. <laughs> just,
0: um. No. Okay. Well, that was that was indeed a fail. It was. It's just. It's, yeah. English needs to get more con- no, more um more words. More keywords. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really my fail. It's the English language definitely
1: english face.
0: yeah yeah uh well that was fun (laughs) we could have got somewhere really cool i think also we should probably have kept going with the houses we were a bit lazy um, Yeah. yeah oh well okay well now i think we should move on to the main improv the remember when you game i suppose it's a game more than a scene so isabella uh, welcome to the Stein Studio. I'm sure you're very excited uh, to come here. you actually actually um, just celebrated your 95th birthday yesterday and I believe you brought some cake today?
1: Uh, yes, I have. My favourite birthday cake, which as you know is uh, Colin the Caterpillar.
0: What a cake that is. Uh, it's got everything, doesn't it? It's got like, b- well, cake, icing and uh, some kind of not chocolate chips but like some kind of decorations doesn't it it's got some nice candy on top of it oh what a cake Uh, anyway thank you for bringing that cake in and and thank you for coming to my studio so uh, I'm just want to go over a couple of failures of yours um, with the audience here to just get a glimpse of your your long life so the first uh, memory I want to bring you back to is when um, when you'd you'd just been at work you had a really really hectic busy tiring day at work uh, and you start your commute home you know it's a bus it's a train it's a tram uh, it takes about one and a half hours maybe two hours to get home you're at the door well where's your keys who knows where is your keys so basically you're at your door and you don't have your keys
1: do you remember that oh my god i remember that very very well because i of course as you can imagine i was desperate at that point because i was so tired i couldn't wait to to get inside my home and to relax a bit. But what I had to do instead was something that embarked me on a wonderful journey because I had to go back uh, and go to all the places I had been to, to come home. And while I was doing this uh, reverse um, let's say I met so many wonderful people do you remember when I was telling you that the first person I met on the tram when I was going back was was this very old lady at the time I was I was young but she was very old and and she actually had just decided to uh, to give all uh, her beautiful collection of um, comics away and and I'm as you know I'm a great fan of comics so she gave me all these comics for me Uh, and I so I I was going around with all these comics and then in the train I took next always to look for my keys I met this guy and this guy was telling me the most amazing stories about um, about Guatemala because he was from Guatemala and in the end we, we became great friends and he invited me over to Guatemala and so I went back on the uh, oh, my God, what was then? Oh, it was the tube, of course. The tube was the first thing I took when I came out of work. And there on the tube, I, I met this other guy and this other guy ended up being uh, the PR that was organizing the concert of my favorite band. And he invited me over and he offered me a, a free ticket for the concert that night and in the end I didn't find my keys but I didn't meet them actually because I went straight to the concert where I had where I had a great time and then I just slept over at a friend's house and the next day I just yeah asked for for a new key to my landlord. That's
0: that's a story I cannot imagine your luck of meeting all these people that is incredible yeah like your your favorite concert uh well artist manager is just that's that's unreal but it happened so it is real it did did. yeah um that reminds me because you just said um you went to Guatemala and uh obviously before you met this guy or even he just said come to Guatemala right and you were like cool I I know all I need to know about this place so you packed like all your winter clothes and like you had like your woolen sweaters and jumpers and you know polar jackets and like you you brought basically clothes for minus 30 degrees because that's what you well that's what Guatemala is right it's it's a cold place so you left came to the well jumped off the plane uh luckily you didn't jump off the plane you went you walked down the stairs when you were exiting the plane and the heat hit you. So sadly, you had packed quite the wrong attire. You, do you remember this?
1: Yeah, that was quite quite brutal actually. And the worst thing was that at that point, I, as you remember, I, I lost my wallet as well, so I couldn't buy any new clothes. But that was really funny as well, because, you know, I wasn't at a airport, so I I started thinking and I started thinking that probably there were going to be people at the airport leaving for very cold countries. So I set up this very nice... how can you say like this very nice stall in the airport where i was selling my winter clothes to people that were leaving for iceland and for norway and for antarctica and for alaska and actually i had quite a quite a, a lot of success actually in the end so with the money i made out of selling these winter clothes i could buy new clothes and also like make a, a very great holiday in guatemala for myself
0: yeah I'm I'm very proud of your innovative inno, inno, innovative skills. Um well done for that. So the last failure I want you to go through with me, well, with us, is the time in kinder, No, no, it's not in kinder, in primary school. Uh you're about six years old. Um and uh they told you today we are gonna learn how to subtract. Are we all excited? Yeah, you screamed, you were excited. But then it hits you, I can't get it. I don't get it, you said to everyone. Uh, All your friends could do it, but you just couldn't do it. Do you remember that?
1: I do remember it. Yeah, it was quite frustrating and I I was desperate. Also, I I was asking help from from my dad, who was supposed to help me. But in the end, he made things even worse. And the day after, uh, I went to school, still not knowing how to make uh subtractions but again I was I was very lucky I mean I have had a very lucky life I have to say because on the way to school I met this guy and he turned out to be like the Nobel prize for maths and actually he won the Nobel prize because he made a great work of being like of divulging science to people in in an easy way so I I told him immediately about my problem with subtractions and what he did can you believe it he took a cake out of his bag and he just sliced it in pieces and he explained subtractions to me using a cake and that was great and I got it immediately and we ended up eating cake together that was great
0: what a lucky life indeed well thank you so much for taking your valuable olden days time uh to come here and and chat with me about your your many many outrageous funny uh serious failures thank you (laughs) that was really fun and now we are gonna move on to the improv competition which is you're gonna talk for as long as you can without saying make an end about something and you I already had this plan, but you said it earlier and I thought, oh my God, it's meant to be balsamic vinegar. And I'm sure you can come up with some some good anecdotes or um, facts even about balsamic vinegar. So if you're ready, mm-hmm. you can... perfect. You can start in one, two,
1: three. Well, balsamic vinegar is a great topic actually because my grandma uh, used to have um, um, a battery, that's how it's called, a battery of barrels uh, that are used to produce balsamic vinegar. So how it works is that um, you basically have all these barrels, usually they are a minimum of five, These barrels are of different uh, sizes. The bigger is very big, and but the smaller.
0: (laughs) Oh uh, no! Oh no! Oh no! You got forty-six fifty.
1: Now let me look. I remember. I remember. Doug did almost double that. Yeah. But Doug is a
0: machine, sadly. But you're not in last place, you're in fourth place. Wow, okay, yeah, that's good. Sadly, we have the last episodes, episode was James Christensen or Christensen, uh, and he got a, a hugely, immensely time which is two minutes, six seconds, and 77 milliseconds. Oh
1: my so, god,
0: he's a hero! Yeah, he's 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 yeah, up there. Uh, but I think you did your best and that's all we can hope for.
1: Yeah, no, I'm proud of myself. Fourth, fourth is good. Four is a good number. So what did you think about the improv? Yeah, it, was, it, it went better than I thought, actually. I was, as you can imagine, really scared that my English was going to come in the way, but actually my, my scarcity of neurons came in the way instead. So that's, yeah, there you go. I shouldn't blame English. I just should brain myself. But also you found
0: the answer to your uh, subtract um, thing. You didn't have yeah. to go off work for two months. We just got it improvise imp- improvising made you see it. It was just uh, it was the Nobel Prize winner that you completely forgot you'd met. But yeah, there it was as
1: you
0: do. <laughs> They're not very notable. they are noble but not notable. <laughs> um, so that was great. There was also something else. Oh, yeah, Guatemala. Uh, I am not sure. I think they got some mountains where you possibly, probably could have used really wintry clothes. So that just says says a lot about how I don't really know anything about Guatemala. I just assumed it's quite hot there.
1: I'm, I think I'm equally ignorant about Guatemala as you are probably more. I've had a friend who's been
0: there and I'm sure uh, she she says something about mountains, but that's as far as I know. So uh, we should probably look into it and see, what is this country? Uh, I know it's in the middle, or oh, do I? It's in the middle, um, what's it called? Central, Central America. America. Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: yeah.
0: Med- Middle America, it's called Central America, yeah. <laughs> God, English.
1: I mean, it's um, in the middle, so.
0: Exactly. Makes sense. Wonderful. Well, we're gonna do, oh, so now actually it's the concluding question. If failing is succeeding because you're learning from it what's your next failure
1: okay so my next failure um, I'm going uh, to tell you to tell it to you mainly because I want I want to make it and it's a thing I've been thinking about for a long time but I never start doing it but now if I say it out loud I have to do it and the reason why I'm not doing it is because I'm so scared it's going to be a failure but as you said, it is going to be a failure for sure, and that's why I'm gonna learn something out of it. Um, and this is a project I'd really like to do, which is all about making people discover uh, what, what incredible human beings are living, close to them. So I don't know if it ever happens to you that you meet a person and you think, my God, this person is incredible. Everyone should know about this person. And and very often we don't know that there are incredible people living just next door. And I think someone should do something about it. So that's what my next project is going to be focused on. And I I don't want to, to say more than this because it's still, the idea is still in development, but the idea is to go and fetch very interesting people and make sure that all their neighbors know about them
0: wow but in a not stalkerish way i assume
1: <laughs> yeah, <no.
0: laughs> with full <laughs> consent from everyone yeah that's the plan wow that's a huge idea though like it's it requires a lot of work from you i can imagine
1: yeah I've done a lot of thinking and taken a lot of notes and so yeah it's it's all there that's why I've been thinking about it for for more than a year now and now I think it's it's time for me to do it.
0: But are you thinking like celebrities or like uh, people who are in the spotlight or just generally really cool great people?
1: No just like unknown people that are are there and have a very cool story to tell like, like for example, my, my story on how I lost my keys. Um, that's a great story. Um, and so, so yeah. And there's plenty of people with such interesting stories, but no one knows about them because they're not celebrities or yeah, mm. they're not important like VIPs. But yeah. yeah, interesting stories are everywhere. That's something I've 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 seen very often
0: that's amazing yeah good luck with that that I really hope you do it you've got to do it now Uh, it's on the air (laughs) and now I just want to say thank you so much Isabella for agreeing to come on this wonderful little weird podcast uh, and taking the time Uh, both you and your older self took the time off now to to talk with me and the podcast and the microphone to share your story so thank you
1: Thank you. We, we both had great fun. And yeah, it was really fun and therapeutic as well to overcome my, my fears. Oh,
0: what a dream. We've achieved greatly today.
1: And everyone,
0: thank you so much for listening. Remember, failing is part of life. It can lead us down new pathways and usually it teaches us a few things on the way. Like accepting that you don't speak perfect English and that it doesn't matter arrivederci from microphone and me have fun failing